Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today I'm talking with Elise Okusami of the band Oceanator. Oceanator released Things I Never Said on August 28, 2020, via Plastic Miracles, Elise's own label. Then, out of nowhere, Polyvinyl re-released it, which was really awesome turn of events. Anywho, today on the pod we talked about Apologies to the Queen Mary by Wolf Parade. I had a really awesome time talking to my good friend Elise. Also, I'll say, if you're digging this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, leave it on shuffle, and, you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SpinningOutPod. Do you want to send us an email? SpinningOutPod at gmail.com. Okay. Now on to the episode. Are you vegan or do you simply enjoy good food delivered straight to your door? Then you should probably check out Nourish. Nourish offers culturally diverse, gluten-free, organic vegan food for meal delivery and catering, all while enriching their community, employees, and our planet. If you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can find them at nourishcharlotte.com. If you're in the New York area, check out nourishdelivered.nyc. Nourish yourself. You deserve it. Hi, Elise. How's it going? Hey, great. How are you? Uh, good. I asked you first, though. Oh, well, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a gray day. And these days, I kind of like gray days because I get more work done. Um, so that's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been recently? You know, up and down, um, trying to stay busy. Got a whole bunch of stuff doing with like the label and and my band and stuff which is cool so just like every day have some projects i gotta get some tasks done and that's been helpful to kind of have some sort of schedule but uh you know it's hard (laughs) not having not having a specific things to do or go to i feel that um i heard that you wanted to talk today about uh the wolf parade album Apologies to the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah? Where'd you hear that? From you. (laughs) (laughs) So Yes. So um, I guess what what I'll say first so we can kind of go into it. uh, When was the first time you heard this record? Oh, gosh. So long. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And... um, I think it had been, I think I didn't hear it until it had been out for like at least a couple years. Um, but I don't remember specifically. I know that my brother w- ha- was listening to it or sent it to me. One of those two. He was either actively listening and I heard it or he sent it to me on the internet. And uh, so that's how, I, that's how I found them, I guess, for, for me was, was through my brother. Um, well, yeah, it was, it was like mid, probably around 2007 or six or seven, you know, um, 
Yeah, I, w- I wasn't born yet, but yeah, I know yeah. you're you're a young one. So yeah, um, do you did you happen to your brother is older than you, correct? Karong. Karong, wow. <laughs> he's um, <laughs> he's twenty twenty months younger, so pretty close. Okay. In age, yeah. Um, so I guess what I was gonna assume with that is that maybe your brother got you into a bunch of stuff like my brother did um yeah just my brother's like slightly older than me uh maybe like 18 months or if even i don't don't know like a year and a half whatever is that 18 sure yeah Yeah. um but (laughs) great math um (laughs) but yeah um yeah so i guess that's what i was assuming so did your brother introduce you to things or did you or vice versa uh yeah i mean and we were both listening to and playing a lot of music but like in different kind of worlds so i was listening to like a ton of punk and stuff and he was listening to more of the like prog rock (laughs) era stuff and um so yeah he but he's like i first heard of uh wolf parade from him and like pedro the lion um muse he really liked for a while I heard of all those that stuff from him. First heard of Hanson from him back back when we were real small when that when that orange record came out, middle of nowhere. Um and uh but yeah, I think like, you know, I showed him some stuff too, but he he didn't like the the stuff that I liked. There's some stuff that stuck, you know, but I was listening to a bunch of punk stuff and he wasn't as into that at the time. Yeah, I was hoping that we could go through everything your brother introduced you to. It. <laughs> So we'll just keep listing it forever. But yeah, I can't yeah. say that I know that we. It was funny because we both found Elliot Smith right around the same time, and then we're like, "Hey, did you hear this?" And he was like, "Yes, but did you hear this?" And it was like this fun back and forth thing where now he like really went into it and found all these live records and stuff, and so now I have like nine hundred Elliot Smith songs on my computer, which is pretty. Yeah, sick. with me and my brother, I mean, he definitely like brought some like punk cds and tapes home but then at a point it was like you know i would take my birthday money and buy like you know a cd and he would buy it and you know then we have more to our you know coupled collection um and so it was kind of like that you know it was like oh well we don't have this all record we don't have million Collins, so buy it and we'll both have it you know yeah we were we had a similar thing like when we were pretty small and we were just getting into music where like you know we both we had like he had i remember he had Nevermind and he had the soundgarden record that he got mad at me and snapped in half once which soundgarden <laughs> record um the the one with black hole sun on it oh it was the, the cd by record i mean the cd and and uh and then i had like dookie which we both liked and i had the unplugged in new york and like stuff like that so we like you know, we'd be like, oh, can I borrow your CD? So, like, our collections were were sort of ours, but together, you know, when we were, when we lived, when we were small and lived in the same house. Yeah. But, um, one thing I was thinking recently, and this is definitely not pertinent to this episode, so <laughs> it's great I'm bringing it up. Um, I never had a new metal phase. Did you? I don't think so. What, what, wait, what qualifies as new metal? Well, I mean, we can go broad with it. I mean, you know, I think like uh, anything kind of like what, I mean, 
Limp Biscuit, for example. You know, rap oh, rock oh, even. Oh. You know. Okay, then yeah, sort of. I liked I liked some Limp Biscuit stuff. Yeah, I feel like there was like I a lot of my friends were getting into that, and then it was like I was heading towards it, you know. Um, and then essentially just right at the last minute, like a Fat Records epithet kind of uh, epitaph you know door just open and i just went into that so it's like i knew that all that stuff existed and like there was a point my brother had like a corn t-shirt um but then it was like the next week he had no effects t-shirt and then we never spoke of his (laughs) corn t-shirt ever again (laughs) yeah Um, i i was a fat rack epitaph lookout was all the like stuff that i was listening to and then i heard about and a similar thing like oh there's this limp biscuit stuff and i liked i remember liking limp biscuit but like not really loving corn or any of the other ones that much um but still very much v- mostly being in the fat wreck epitaph yeah world still i think that's still mentally where i live uh kind of yeah. i'm fine with limp biscuit but not really into corn um do you i guess at some point in the epithet kind of phase, uh, did you, is that kind of simultaneously um, getting into things like Wolf Parade or did that feel like a life? It's sometimes when you think of the lifetime of these things, it's like, like I'm like, man, that was, I was in a punk for so long. And then I started listening to that. And then you think about it and it's like six months yeah, when you were a kid. I got into the, the epitaph stuff in the, in, about 10 years before Wolf Parade's record came out. Yeah. Um, I would guess. Because it was right around when I started playing the guitar and when, I, and when I got the Green Day records. And from Green Day was like, oh, The Offspring. Oh, what's this? Ep-? You know, oh, fat Punkarama Volume 3? Like, gimme. That's my favorite Punkarama still, but it's also my first one. Um, so this, this stuff was definitely later in terms of like when I, when I, started getting into it but and i think i was less like i wasn't as much like every time a new epitaph or fat records thing came out i wasn't like on top i wasn't immediately aware of it Uh um when when this record came out i was kind of um i wasn't i you know it's not that i was like not into it i just wasn't as into it as i was eight years before or whatever so I think yeah. that was definitely that was definitely first, and that's kind of that stuff is kind of what got me going down the path of like just like looking for bands and and having like a like a label to to peruse through or whatever. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, when this record actually came out uh, in two thousand five, um, I was firmly into my like power violence and kind of like fast punk phase Mm -hmm. so it was like this would not have crossed my radar at the time like uh and so i feel like i missed it but then like a few years after not necessarily this record but things like spoon or you know really anything other than wolf parade (laughs) i feel like that's then i started kind of going back and reassessing it um but that was also like kind of along with like getting more into things like Sebado and Dinosaur Jr. And, and um, that kind of, it kind of led me like, Oh, maybe indie rock isn't the enemy. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. I, um, it's funny that you mentioned Spoon. I, 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 I think Michael 
probably got into them right around that same time too. I remember the um, the red record. I swear that I'm calling all these by colors, the orange hands and, you know, with like the hood or whatever. It's Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I don't know the name of it, but I, I can yeah. visualize it. Yeah. Um, I had this, I heard, I heard that song, Don't Make Me a Target. And, um, and I had this song, um, You're a Runner from the Wolf Parade record. And then two other songs. One was a quasi song. And I forget what the fourth one was um, on this playlist. And it was called my walk to work playlist. And I pretty much only ever heard it went, you're, you're a runner and then don't make me a target. And then I, I was at work because <laughs> my job was seven minutes away. Um, so I definitely, I definitely got into to those two bands at, at the same time, Spoon and Wolf Parade, I remember. But Spoon like didn't stick for me the way that Wolf Parade stuck. Although I like, you know, I'll put on that record, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is good. It just like didn't stick. Yeah, I feel like around the time that I was, I almost like in my head, I, I think about it like almost in my college years and it might've actually been yeah. around the time that I was actually in college. Um, but it's sort of like just this feeling of like, I feel even when I, when I met my now wife, like she was more into kind of indie rock stuff and, you know, I'd be like, no, but we should listen to metal. Like, <laughs> and it'd be that annoying. It was like super annoying like looking back. Yeah. On, but then there were so many bands where eventually I think I'd, I'd be like, you know, up until recent years, be like, oh, I really like this record, you know, just yeah. any kind of indie rock esque stuff. And then she's like, you know, fuck off, you know, it's just like, <laughs> just like years of, you know, playing that stuff around me. And then I'm like, oh, have you heard? Yeah. You know, and then it's yes. just like, fuck <laughs> you, Josh. Like, <laughs> like you gave me shit for liking, yeah. like, you know, I don't know, the Notch West or, you know, postal service, which I don't think I gave her shit for, but you know, but plug in whatever band at that time, probably like in Spoon or something, you know. Yeah. Um, like, oh no, that's not cool. Yeah, but there was like a time frame too where I'm kind of like, it's okay. So when I when you when you told me to, this is the record you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had a couple other choices um, too. Yeah, you know, and so that was. Are. I guess I don't know if you remember what those are, and it doesn't so much matter this second. I but know one was an Elliott Smith record, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, Obviously. and I guess I'll mention too uh, for anyone. Uh, this is actually technically your second appearance on oh, this yeah. series, so you are the first return guest from mm. when it was an Instagram live. Um, so now you are a returning guest on spinning out. Um, so previously you did Elliot Smith. And then I think on the list you gave me, you also had another Elliot Smith. Yeah. Record. I also yeah. had our lady peace, I think on there. Yes. That clone yeah. record. Which yeah. Is and so it was like, fantastic well, record. do I do Elliot Smith again? Do I do Wolf parade, which I don't really know anything about or our lady peace. Um, wasn't vibing with our lady peace. Um, <laughs> but um it's so wolf so, parade uh, okay. i something about it's so i uh, something about i think the way that that person sings i really oh, couldn't I love it. get into it but that's the thing i I, yeah. I agree with you that there's sometimes when i hear a band and i'm like i hate the singer and then like eventually i'm like this is my favorite band <laughs> um yeah. because it's like those sometimes it's like if i hate something from the get-go and it'll eventually stick and then i'm like 
then years later i'm like yeah but you know just like ride it out like i yeah it's hard too with singers because it's like sometimes you just don't like it and you don't know what about it you don't like and it's just like ruins the whole band for you even if you're like liking the music and stuff and then you then i always feel bad because i'm like oh why am i like not liking the singer that's so rude but like you know it's like any other sound you know sometimes you just don't like a sound it's nothing against that singer it's just because it's someone's voice so it feels more personal i guess you know well it's funny you mentioned that and we talk about that uh we actually the singer of our lady peace is now going to be joining us to talk (gasps) welcome (laughs) (laughs) i love his voice I'm going to pour coffee on the podcast, so hopefully it's like some ASMR thing. Dang, I almost brought my extra coffee in here. You probably can't even hear it, which is probably good. I was Um, spilling it all over, so I didn't bring the the cap. Have you ever listened to podcasts and they are like eating chips or anything? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't feel like I really notice, but then there'll be like a the next episode and someone will be like, Oh, people were really mad that I like ate food on the pod. And so I'm like, oh, I guess I don't have that thing that makes me like upset about it. You know? I guess like I don't think uh, maybe I'm not listening to the podcast where they eat snacks during it. Maybe we should find what those are. But wow, what a tangent. Um, <laughs> so I guess even like back to I, I agree with you, though, where we're talking. Sometimes I feel like I'm like, why? Who am I to judge this singer? You know, it's like. Yeah. You know, it's like I sing in a band because we just needed singers. You know, it's like it's like I'm not a good singer. It's just yeah, I do it sometimes. You know, <laughs> um, so it's like who am I to judge? You know, yeah. but you know, but I don't. I feel like I like so much stuff where it's like someone will be like, "That's a bad vocalist," and I'll be like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think there's a I think, I think the bad, technically, is good yeah it can be good you know like it depends on the music and what you're doing like there's plenty of like singers who like are technically bad singers but like it's awesome you know and but like yeah i guess for me it's less like about like the the technique or whatever it's just like if you have a sound i don't like i know there's a lot of friends i have who like who don't like wolf parade (laughs) because they don't like the singing you know and and i fucking Oops, are we allowed to curse on this podcast? No, it's on NPR. So. Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I said the F word on the radio the other day by accident. Did you get fined? No, it was luckily they were pre-recording, but they asked like what bands I would want to see, like first show out of quarantine. And I said a couple, I said like Courtney Barnett and Calix. And then I was talking the first i was supposed to see a show in april that got it was my first thing that i had tickets for that got canceled and it was tropical fuck storm mm. <laughs> and so i was like and then i want to see tropical fuck storm without thinking about it because that's like just their name and i was like oh no <laughs> yeah Did, could you say could you say mannequin pussy on um uh, on npr i think it's i don't know i don't know i don't i know you i mean on the radio you still can't say I don't think you can say goddamn still, can you? You can say damn, but not goddamn. I always thought the whole goddamn thing was really dumb. Like, even if you believe in God, it's like, so you believe in a God that's like bummed out and someone says it, just singles in on one person. Can't take that's his just name like, hmm. in vain. It's one of the like, commandments. Oh, 
They say it's goddamn. one of the Ten Commandments, Josh. It says, don't say goddamn. It says, do not take the Lord's name in vain, or thou shalt not take but the Lord's name. But wouldn't that technically mean to just, you can't. You can't say, oh my God. Oh, see, but no one catches you on that. No one's like, shh, don't say that. You know, it's only okay, goddamn. Well, like no one, like growing, I mean, I grew up in a religious household, which I've mentioned in every fucking episode of this, but <laughs> um, like they, uh, you would hear that, you know? I mean, I think a lot of people that are you even, hear, oh my God, they're the, the goddamn. Say, oh my gosh. Oh, is that why people do that? Yeah. I hate fake curse words. I love saying gosh, and I love saying dang, and I love, to, I love saying hecking. I, I mean more like that's like an ironic thing I think with the oh, youth I just like them you know but um, I wasn't trying to be ironic but well I think it's like kind of socially an, an ironic thing with kids but like like whenever like let's imagine you're you work in a grocery store and your manager is like darn or something you know or like <laughs> I can't think of any example but you know freaking you know yeah it's just like oh, they're like, like they're just saying it yeah but they're like mad you know and it's just like and they've just and they've just been they've trained their brain to do it that way instead of staying the curse yeah and it's cares. just it's like oh <laughs> it doesn't bother me yeah but god well off topic again um <laughs> Love tangents yeah so okay so once again i'm re i'm resetting it for radio so we're talking <laughs> about bad singers <laughs> but, no but I don't we're know. talking about we're talking about singers whose voices annoy you Okay. We're not talking or, about bad singers. Or not, or even like less negatively, I'm saying more on my end, kind of like people that aren't like classically trained vocalists, you know? Well, that's what you're talking about? I guess. That's what I'm, you I know. Wasn't talking, I mean, I feel like the majority of rock singers aren't classically trained vocalists. Yeah, or like just like good singers. A lot of rock singers aren't like, good singers like i you know yeah, it's like i'm trying why. to think of that and it's like mainly it's like is the guy from bush is gavin rosdale a good singer i mean he sings good in my opinion but is he a good singer yeah i don't know he's all raspy and stuff so i guess technically no is the silver chair vocalist awesome. a good singer i don't remember what he sounds like like the guy from bush <laughs> That will same answer. I mean, like, but does it sound awesome? Is it, are yes. they singing that's, well? Yeah. Yes. So it's like, and that's where it doesn't matter. I think like if it sounds awesome, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like it's like, is uh, HR from Bad Brains, is, I mean, he doesn't really sing per se, but it's like, is he a bad vocalist? No, you know? he's great. But like the, I guess what I was more talking about is just, because you mentioned our late piece, you don't like his singing. Yes. And I I just I took that to mean more like you just don't like how it's like the like the tone of it and also like the the cracking like why like when he's mainly actually what I dislike and I pinpointed it is being that he sings the way he does I don't I don't like the mix I think okay. that they they approach it like he is like it's supposed to be the forefront thing. Like if Our Lady Peace in that specific record, I listened to a few of the records, like a few songs. And if they had mixed it where he's kind of like kind of pushing towards the guitar, you know, like he's like buried a little bit. Yeah. It would be cool because he does have a voice that's kind of like broken up. So it would feel like it's like struggling to be heard. Okay. But I don't want 
that on top. And so it's not so much like a, an indication, like it's what I would suggest like a, a producer to do to me. It's like, put me down in the mix a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because I love the way that record is mixed. Mm. So we're now talking about that record and not Wolf <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and uh, I, like, I really like the drum sound on that record too, if I remember correctly. Um, anyway, but we'll you're work. saying that, so I guess like people don't tend to like, or if they don't like Wolf Parade, uh, I guess vocals might be one of the first things. That's one things of the things got. I've heard from, from people is that they don't, they don't love the vocals. Um, it was a little almost surprising when I first, cause I've never listened to them. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, oh, that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and it may, it sort of like transported me back to a time and place and just like it was a world a sweaty world full of v-necks <laughs> and um essentially every show around that time felt like it was always at an art gallery yeah and there was always like a kind of band where people would sit down and they would play like child instruments okay. um, seemed to be that time frame and i don't know if that's your experience and that might be a experience specific to charlotte but that's what this record felt like upon first listen i i don't think that i went to very many shows like that or if any um i i was i went to mostly i went to a lot of house shows and and things at smaller venues and 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 then, like, I remember going to, like, really big shows and seeing, like, Al Green and, like, Earth, Wind & Fire and stuff like that, which was, well, those were both awesome. And B.B. King I saw also that year, I think. Um, so I don't think I, I don't think I had that experience. I don't think I went to, I remember, like, it being a thing that shows were, like, at, at art galleries and stuff. But I don't, I don't think I really went to any of those. I don't think I was really in the, like, V-neck world of... I think I like listened to it like I liked this record and I listened to it a lot on my own but I didn't actually even ever see Wolf Parade live until like a couple years ago when they played at um, McCarran Park here for during I think it was during Northside Festival um, that was the first time I saw them live so I think I missed I think I missed that that little world for you that you had so I um, and also I guess I listened to it like you just listened to it for the first time really just now, I guess yeah. it transports you to like a different place for me. It just transports me to like some pretty specific, like personal memories at this point, you know? Yeah. Even when I was watching the KEXP, um, the most recent one, it still kind of felt, uh, in that wheelhouse because it's like their, their more recent setup is like, it's just guitar keys and drums uh they don't like have like a fourth person anymore um and so you know it was kind of like it really kind of felt like it was like you show up at a show and then someone has a i don't know kind of a not traditional rock band setup and you're like okay all right we'll figure out well i think one of the things that's really cool about them they're actually the first i mean not the first the last show i saw before quarantine the last show i saw was was them and, uh, you know, I, I was so excited. I went by myself. I got there early and 
I was like one person behind. I specifically remember this. I was one person behind and then this guy walked away, I guess to go to the bathroom or something. And I turned to the person next to him. I was like, oh, do you know if he's coming back? And he was like, oh, I have no idea. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to scoot up then against the railing. And so I moved forwards and I was like right in the front. And then like 20 minutes later, the guy came back and started talking to the guy standing next to me. I was like, what do you mean you didn't know? You guys are friends. And then I felt bad. Cause I just like stole this guy's spot kind of, but then I was like, oh, whatever. He's taller than me. Like, I don't feel that bad. You know, if he wanted it back, I was like willing to move, but I just thought it was funny that the dude like was like, I don't know if he's coming back. And then they like knew each other. So it's like, he was there with his friend, but it's like, maybe my friend isn't coming back. I, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I was also like, I had my earplugs in cause I have, I, I have to wear earplugs always at shows. So like, I couldn't hear him that well. And also, you know, I, I was there by myself, this huge venue. I was being all shy and scared and also so excited to see Wolfbury. And they fucking killed it. My point is, they were a three-piece for this. And um, and it was my first time seeing them as a three-piece because I had seen them before with with Dante, the fourth member. And um, it was rad. It was really good. I feel like they do, like they're still, it still feels really full. Like Spencer covers a lot of ground on the mm-hmm. keyboard. And I think the way that Arlen plays, the, it's very, like, unique and fits in with the band super well. Like, like you know, when I've drummed along to their songs, it's like, it's usually like, this is not, I've, I don't know if you've ever felt like, it's like, this is not how I would normally play the drums. You know what I mean? Like, I can play it, but it doesn't feel yeah. natural to me. And I think that it works super well with with them i mean they started as a three-piece like this record is a three-piece yeah i feel like um that's like a thing about his drumming too like i don't play drums but i still feel like it's like this isn't how i would play drums and i say that as someone who's not a drummer like he's like it's so specific like Mm -hmm. his own thing and it was like even watching the newer kxb thing like actually on this record almost um you know i was like well maybe it's like he was like a newer drummer and um but then okay so with the newer kxb stuff it's sort of like no this is like a choice like this is how he because it's like certain things i'm like well this this drummer plays really simple you know i'm not saying he does but just for example and then it's like eventually into the set you're like well that's that just seems to be their bag like almost like nailing that like in like i think a lot of garage rock drummers it's like they purposely don't do things and that's like their vibe. And then I realized what's watching the KEXP thing. I'm like, this is his vibe. This is what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, um, it's cool. I think it's like, it's very much just like it, it, it locks everything together super well. And then every now and then there'll be like a fill where you're like, Ooh, you know, but like for the most part, it's just like, it feels very much like the backbone especially like you know you take a track like the very first track that's like very much just like punching in you know Um, yeah i feel like he he does like a uh have you ever heard i heard it recently and then like a boots and cats have you like people think so so it's like if you just think of that kind of a simple drum beat like a boots and cats and boots and cats it's like yeah it's just yeah 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 like he does that but it's it's not like a i mean i kind of already explained it it's not like an amateur thing but it's like 
he is owning the boots and cats and beat like yeah. it tends to be like if you see there was this memeish kind of viral video um of this band uh maybe it was only viral to me but they were doing a uh, like white stripes cover and uh there was like I basically it was like a band playing during uh, the pandemic and there were a bunch of people, but like the drummer was just doing like the boots and cats kind of beat and it just was not fitting in, you know, it's just like, but they were playing like seven nation army. So it's like, what is this? What's going on here? But I don't know. It sounds like I'm like ragging on Arlen. Um, but no. you know, it's like, it's like, Oh, this is what it could sound like, you know, <laughs> that kind of beat. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, perfect it's right uh, you know uh, you know i think it i think it's the right the right choice for the record i think that's what makes me think i kind of put it into the time too because i feel like it's like a beat that to me kind of cements it into like a garage rock kind of territory mm-hmm. uh, when i don't really think that necessarily they sound like uh you know kind of garage rock of the time it's just that i mean that makes it feel that you know and now my dog's barking in the podcast oh i was wrong there's a there's there's four there's four people on this one that yeah this this record has but there's not there's not bass is what i meant um yeah that was like a thing i think i realized later but okay so dan on guitar and vocals uh dan yeah. buckner i guess that's pronounced i'm not sure buckner but i'm, I'm they might sure be either. we'll go with that then spencer krug on krug. piano uh but yeah spencer krug yeah which i know because um, he 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 said it <laughs> the guy the um in the first band at the show was like oh spencer krug blah blah and he was like krug <laughs> like later when they came out that's funny Mm. Uh, then Arlen Thompson, who we've mm-hmm. mentioned mm-hmm. Uh, on drums, yeah. and then uh, Haji Bakara on keys and electronics. Yeah, and then Tim Kingsbury was also on the recording that did guitar, bass, and like toured with him around that time. I don't see any Tim Kingsbury. Well, that's I got that from Wikipedia, so it could just be wrong. It's not on the little sheet here. What do you have listed? This says um, Haji, Dan, Spencer, and Arlen. Okay. Produced by Isaac Brock. Yeah. Did I never read this? Engineered by Chris Chandler, assistant engineer, mixed blah, 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 blah. And then accept these tracks. Oh, here we go. Yeah, he played bass on track seven so there's one one track with bass what tim or isaac tim yeah yeah it didn't seem i think the main thing i read about him was he did uh he toured with them around that time i guess okay. to kind this of flesh like out pre dante i guess yeah and uh yeah and it was like uh wolf parade is listed as producing i got like most of the tracks and then isaac brock produced like four of them this says produced by Isaac Brock, except tracks four, five, seven produced by Wolf Parade. Oh, okay. I'm and gonna go with this, yeah, you should. It came in the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's well. It's even like I think I was telling you, um, 
it also makes me think of modest mouse and i yeah and i feel like i've had a uh i don't want to make it sound i'll go with the more dramatic i've had a troubled relationship with liking <laughs> modest mouse yeah um i don't know I your feelings on that okay i never got into modest mouse um i i remember it's another thing that kind of like when i think of modest mouse it kind of brings me back to a time like i think about even like being either i think it was like right after high school like it was like antarctica maybe came out i don't i don't remember which one was out um and i just remember people that tended to like that uh, uh, modest mouse at the time i did not like them so i carried that with me and um and then also through the years like kind of stories of isaac brock you know kind of drunken stories and then kind of like i guess sketchy stories that you know i don't know if they were like validated or not just stories you know (laughs) just like he is a character it's like he'd show up and he had an eye patch on because he was drinking and he you know um like cut his eye or something and then like I have this guitar book that's just like people's guitar and just shows pictures of them. And it's like the, and then it has like his guitar, which says like just all of the gr- like gross dirt and blood on it. Mm-hmm. But then also like it has like these symbols. So it's just like, Oh, this is like, who are you Isaac Brock? It's just like so much <laughs> yeah. that goes along with him. I guess I, because I never got into the band, I actually, I don't know much about him at all. I just know his name and yeah. that Johnny Marr played in that band. Yeah. But those are the things I know. Yeah. I, mean, I, f- I feel like what kind of made me come around to them, um, it still kind of shows how not much of a uh, Modest Mouse fan I am, but like the Lonesome West, Lonesome Crowded West, is that an album by them? I guess um, so. I, I, I've heard yeah. that. I didn't, I'm putting those two things together right yeah. now, but Lonesome Crowded West is a thing I've heard, so. Um, that record's good. Um, I would recommend it. Um, but I, what I've heard about this time frame is Isaac Brock did A and R for Sub Pop around this time, and so he was the reason that the uh, Wolf Parade got signed uh, to Sub Pop. Didn't they also like open for Arcade Fire? Like as one of their first shows because they were all buddies or something. Yeah, and I I think like, and this also kind of shows where I'm not I don't super know a lot about uh, Arcade Fire, but it almost seems like I don't know I don't know if I remember Arcade Fire being like definitely as big around this time. Like I I don't think I, they were. Yeah. I don't think they were yet. I mean it could I mean Wolf Parade being from. Montreal like you know it's like Arcade Fire could have been like big in Canada around that point so they could yeah. have easily been opening for them I think even uh, from a little bit of research uh, Tim Kingsbury played with uh, Arcade Fire a little bit and I think Arlen Thompson like played on like a track or two like and has played with them yeah I think yeah. they were like uh, even if maybe Arcade I mean, they weren't like Arcade Fire at the time, you know, like huge, that huge freaking band. I think they were in the same like scene. Yeah. Up there. Yeah. Have you ever played Montreal? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I didn't really have a good story there, but just wondering because I always just kind of like think about like what that scene 
is or was there's like so many yeah. bands like even like like godspeed you black emperor like coming out of i think montreal uh, oh i don't know yeah but just like that's it's such an interesting scene that i don't know a I ton about toronto more than montreal yeah i feel like toronto toronto feels yeah. like it could easily be be uh annexed by the u.s and we wouldn't yeah. notice a difference it's uh, real close yeah, and I feel like when you go there, it's like it feels the same in vibe as the U.S. Like, but yeah, when you go to Montreal, similar. it's like it feels like you are in France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never been to France, so I. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. Um, it feels especially when you go to like old Montreal area. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's cool. All those buildings are freaking cool too. But um, I mean, also people speaking with like French accents and or yeah, just all and all the signs are in French. Yeah, just, yeah. It definitely feels more like you you're somewhere else. But Toronto, you can definitely. I mean, everything's a little off sign wise, you know. Like it's, everything's just like a little bit different. But like you don't you don't get like confused. You're not. Yeah. Like, I hope I'm driving the right way. Yeah, it's like a, it's. I mean, I've never been to Europe, but it almost felt like it's like oh, it's good that I'm going to Montreal now because like this year we were supposed to go to Europe, so I was like, this is like a primer. Uh-huh. To go to Europe, and then maybe I'll be more more prepared because I went to like my first, you know, Fisher Price, my first Europe, you know. Uh, (laughs) My first Sony. Oh, Elise is holding up a Sony Walkman. Walkman, my first Sony. It's got. You can see the gears. Ooh. I had one that was um it was almost like double or triple that size and it had these big buttons that said On the like top? um it was like basically it was like it was more like you set it down like flat. So if you took like the oh, Walkman oh, yeah. you had and then kind of set it down, it was more so set to like when you're a child like playing on the ground, you know, and then you put in like <laughs> you know, uh I don't know, Teddy Ruxpin or whatever. <laughs> I just aged this <laughs> podcast so much. Teddy Ruxpin, wasn't he like an actual bear though? Did he have a Yeah, but, yeah, well But isn't he old isn't he old old? Yeah, that's I just aged myself. I just outed myself as an old person. Um uh, but isn't he like way older than us? Yes, that's a I mean my stepbrothers are like uh pretty much like ten years older than me. And so a lot of times I feel like that leads me to making older references. This. Yeah. <laughs> and like there were then sort of the hand-me-down toys were from. So it's like there's certain cartoons and stuff that I remember kind of watching that I don't think I like would have paid attention to. I sort of miss Thundercats, but I, I, I was I was um, I was aware of it, but I feel like I don't remember. Like I remember people and I wanted to watch it as a kid, but I think it pretty much was gone by then. But like, yeah, so I, I got into like He-Man and stuff. I didn't you know? got into that either. But it was like only only because I think that like my older stepbrothers uh, knew about it. So then I would kind of turned on turned on to it, uh, turned yeah. on by it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Teddy Ruxpin I think was like a hand me down toy. But Teddy Ruxpin okay. was he was a bear. Yeah, and he, he had like robotic kind of features, but essentially you would play a tape that was kind of like made for Teddy Ruxpin to play. And his, wasn't it in his body? 
Yeah, like, and I think in his back, like, you would open yeah. his back, you kind of lift his shirt, if I'm remembering correctly, and you put the tape uh-huh. in, and then his eyes kind of, like, come to life. And so it's like a pre- predecessor to those ones where there you can like squeeze them and they're like, "Hi, mommy," or whatever. Yeah, but he would just kind of mouth while the tape was playing and kind of tell you the story and kind of react to it. So it was really creepy. creepy. It was like yeah. um, <laughs> another old reference. Did you ever go to like Showbiz Pizza? No, but that's the other Chuck E. Cheese. It, it just right? yeah became like basically. I think what happened is like Chuck E. Cheese led a coup against uh showbiz and then took over the company like it was a hostile takeover of the company like oh but it was so it was like but you're talking about like those like the when you go to Chuck E. cheese and or i guess yeah like the i guess the the like rockafire explosion kind of thing yeah yeah but uh teddy ruxpin was like a more was uh, i guess like something you could buy version of that yeah (laughs) so Wow, tangents. Um, I guess we'll just go right into talking about uh, you know the tracks because I feel like I've done a really bad job of keeping us on topic. So the first track, uh, "You Are a Runner" and "I Am My Father's Son." Yeah, that was my that I was well. It's the first track on the record, but it's also the first song I heard <laughs> of theirs. Um, which, you know, isn't always the case when you hear a new record. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that really, I remember hearing that and being, and just loving that. I, remember, I mentioned that playlist earlier. I just like loved that, that song. And I would just listen to that one on repeat before I even like got into listening to the rest of the record. Um, something about that one just really grabbed me. I always have this thing where I feel like everyone's second track is like the better track on a record I always like wish like why wasn't that your opening but but i also appreciate to me it was this wasn't my favorite wolf parade song hearing it for yeah. the first time and i was like what am i in for you know <laughs> and it's not like it's it's not like different per se but it's like it's a little bit more i guess uh I, I think I said piratey to you yeah and i don't really know how to explain that i, I um, hear that it's like a kind of swaggery kind of thing, which actually makes me think of like Modest Mouse. Um, yeah. You know, uh, well, yeah. So when you first when you first put this on, because there's that weird Spotify thing, where like the, the wrong song is there. Yeah. When you what you was when you first listened to it, was it the this song or was it like the one that's in there by for some reason right now? Um, when I first listened to it, it was the right song. And then I think I saw, I saw like maybe you responded to it on Twitter, or I just saw it. Like Ian Cohen was saying, yeah. like what, it brought it to my attention. And then I went and checked it on Spotify, and it was still well the correct track. And so I'm like, I don't what. And I was like really confused. I'm that like, was is when there we had those texts? Yeah, and then we were texting about. It, I'm like, I don't understand the difference. Like, and you were probably like, what are you talking about? And then, so it didn't, it didn't change for me for some reason. Yeah. But, and then I had listened to it a few times when we first talked about doing this and then kind of like sat it down. But recently when I really was like, I'm going to ramp up and listen to this a bunch, when I brought it back and listened to it, however long ago, it was not 
the correct track. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's what you're talking about. And I don't know what that song is. I don't know what it's for. <laughs> I know. I think it's a. I think it's like a B side or something from one of the one of the deluxe releases. But I actually now forget <laughs> what song yeah. it was. But it I was definitely a more chill song. Like yeah. it was. It, I don't. It was almost I think it's an like alternate acoustic. take of something. Yeah. Of, but I but I forget because I actually don't remember even at all what it sounds like right now <laughs> yeah it was definitely more chill so yeah. i was like oh i like this more i know you were like you like it yeah I I, I I think this is i think it's a very cool opening track the actual you are a runner i think it's cool i think it it jams you into the record immediately with like that the drums you're immediately like oh the tone is set here I am. I'm ready for this record. Yeah, I, I, for bands that I'm more fans of, I really appreciate that, that idea. It's almost like I always think of it's like this is how we weed out the posers. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's like we're gonna put a track that's like potentially not like. I mean, this was like a single, but to me, it's like it's not. Oh, yeah, the most like the fun song to be. It may not have been a single, but uh, you know, it's like. <laughs> It's, you know, it's like you don't start with like your hit, like start with something yeah. that's like you need to get into this and then it'll kind of explode. Like um, I, I, I appreciate that. But then I always feel like then the second track is almost like the secret weapon where it's like this is officially where the record begins. It's almost like an intro, even though uh-huh. it is a complete song. That's how I kind of feel about it in terms of this. It's like you're either in or you're not. Yeah, that's fair. I, I hear that. I think. Yeah, for me, I was very much in, you know, and yeah. and it kind of, I, I like you, it shifts gears a little with the next track, but not not in a way that feels like jarring to me. Like I feel like I'm in the same world. And also, they open they the open a modern world. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they. Um, I know we should just keep going with that transition. But <laughs> they open they they open some shows that I saw with this song i don't know how often if they like do that all the time or whatever but a couple of the shows i saw opened with this and that that was pretty cool too because like you're waiting for the show and then you hear those drums and you're like yes yeah it's gig time you know um so it's it's good for that it's a good opener it's just a good opener yeah yeah i mean i i think it definitely would make sense in a uh live setting um so i guess like with the second track modern world um one thing i with kind of looking at this i didn't realize that so much of this record was from like like previous eps uh yeah yeah, and i guess it was um so like the second track modern world was from like the 2004 ep um and I guess they either re-recorded it or this isn't it. I don't. I don't know if it's like a re-recording. This is. I'm not actually sure because um, when I when I first heard this record, I didn't realize that either, and I have since just not. Just this. this I just love this record so yeah. much that I've since not, I haven't I haven't explored that too much because I don't want some of the like. I don't want to say like mystique or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, so I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep divey into st- 
stuff that might possibly make me feel differently about the record, if that makes sense. So I actually, I know, I don't know any details about this. You can tell them to me, I guess, if you want. I mean, I don't know much more than it was (laughs) the 2004 EP. And then there are a few, um, so it was like Modern World and Dinner Bells Mm -hmm. are from the 2004 EP. Um, Not sure about anything else, but then they had a second EP, which... Um, I think that was even put out by Sub Pop. So I think it's like more of an actual, like this is the upcoming record kind of EP. So I don't know if that really kind of counts in that way, but it is an EP all to its own in that it has like some other B sides, which I think kind of leads into the deluxe stuff later on. So they have a second EP and grounds for divorce is on there. We build another wall dear sons and daughters of hunger ghost and it's a curse are on that second ep uh-huh yeah so like you know but i don't know its purpose in terms it it seems like the 2004 ep is more like an introduction like an actual what you would use an ep for okay. uh the 2005 one was more like this will be coming the same year it's the same year so it's really like like record labels used to do more like you would kind of push that out to like radio or record stores and anticipation. So that's more of that. It's like an advance really. Okay. Um, That makes sense. But it also, it's also kind of weird to me sometimes when bands kind of redo so much of the earlier material into like a first record, I always like feel like if you were on board with them the whole time, you're kind of like, Oh, (laughs) it's this thing I already heard. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder I wonder I wonder how much different they are. I I haven't I haven't looked at I haven't looked at that at all. Um but I think they just re- well, didn't they release I think I actually did listen to I, now that they, they've released for like an anniversary of this record the EPs again in a deluxe edition, I guess. And I remember I actually did listen to this, but then I must have gotten distracted and not, yeah, like formed. I remember listening to it, but I don't, or I don't think I formed any like full things that I could talk about right now. Yeah. Um, but I do. I remember that. I remember that coming out. Do you have a? Because, well, now I'm thinking kind of like. Uh... You know, as they kind of switch vocalists and songwriters, almost like every other song, almost. I think um, much. And do you have a preferred vocalist, or do you kind of like accept it as like a f- complete package? I would say I overall prefer Spencer but I don't, that doesn't mean I don't want that to like, but I also, you know, I, I like them both a lot. And I think, you know, you can kind of. It's like, I'm asking you like what child to I know. kill. <laughs> I think, I think I would say I would prefer Spencer. And part of that is because like, I like a lot of his, like, I really love Sunset Rubdown, which was like another project of his. Um, so I like his songwriting style a lot. It's very like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Flowery. 
Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say like, um, but in like, not, not in like that annoying flowery kind of way. Do uh-huh. you know what I mean? And like the very, like, I almost want to say like operatic just in terms of structure and um, very like classical sort of. Yeah. It's, it's funny because like since, uh, so like since Spencer plays keys, um, like I, I feel like I would, I almost like want to avoid being like, oh, he's into like more ethereal or kind of like, you know, put things in that way. But it's like, he totally is like <laughs> so many people or everyone in this band. I mean, mainly the three core people. Um, I feel like they are exactly what you would expect. Like, you know, some of Dan's stuff, like even especially like Dan's projects, either around the time or after mm-hmm. are like, you can imagine that it's like, I don't know, like David Bowie inspired or like, yeah. it's almost like a, but it's even like a garage rock. Like, and then like, if you watch any of the live videos, it's like, this is this man to a T, <laughs> you know? So they're like archetypes of the thing. And then somehow they're just like in a band together. I think that's one of the things that makes the band so cool though, is because like, I think they j- just like, you can, you know, you can hear on the different songs, like, Dan probably brought this in, and, like, Spencer probably brought this in, or whatever, but they are, like, also very clearly band songs, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's, like, you listen to, you listen to their other projects, and you can hear the things that they brought into Wolf Parade, but it doesn't sound like you're listening to just, like, Wolf Parade, you know what I mean? It's not like Dan's, like, I wrote this song. I think I'll use it for Wolf Parade just arbitrarily, you know, like it's very much like this is a Wolf Parade song and it sounds, it's very, it's, I don't want to say deliberate because I don't know how, you know, I'm not them. So I don't know like what their thought process is, but it feels like they, you know, they, they know, they probably do. Yeah, it probably is deliberate. They know what songs of theirs would be good to bring to the band to flesh out into a Wolf Parade song and make it a Wolf Parade song and what songs are more like for one of their other projects yeah. sound wise. Um, yeah. I mean, I think so sometimes and I'm kind of just inserting myself like I like to do on this podcast. <laughs> um, I don't feel like when I write songs, I necessarily think about like which band it's going to. I yeah. think sometimes there's like, you know, there's like a certain magic that I think happens when you're kind of writing things for a specific band. It's always going to somewhat sound like the band as a whole. Um, So I wonder if it's sort of like, there probably is some thought, but then it's also like, this is who I am. And this is, it's just going to end up sounding like us, you know, but I I think that's where I've gotten with songwriting. It's like, I think this is just going to end up sounding like whoever people I bring it to. I think that, yeah, I think it's, I, it seems to me like it's probably a combination just because they have so many other projects where it's like, you know, in advance, like, if you bring it to this band, like, yes, it's going to end up sounding like it, but maybe there's some stuff that, like, doesn't lend itself as well to the other folks, like, being it into it as much, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think it's, I think they, I think what's very cool about them as a band is like they have these different aesthetics that just like mesh super well together 
yeah. to form like you know like the wolf parade sound yeah um and do you do you feel your do you feel like you listen to a lot of bands that have like multiple singers or do you even think about it when you do um i guess i don't really i mean i would say, say the majority of bands i listen to have I was in a band with two singers when I was in high school. Two screamers, I guess, technically. Oh. Two yellers. Um, but uh, I think the majority of bands I listen to is is a one one singer and then like harmonies, obviously. But that, that's mm-hmm. like a different that's a different thing. You know, I, I don't think I'm not even thinking of any other bands off the top of my head. Yeah, really, that like have multiple like lead singers yeah i mean i guess i not that they sound anything like uh wolf parade but you know like sabato and um like even like sloan has like three or four and well i don't know know that band sloan actually but sabato i just started listening to this year or last year and so i actually didn't know they had multiple singers yeah and uh even like husker do um you know they have you know two singers and they do yeah do they sound different they're uh, pretty different yeah huh. yeah uh they're kind of <laughs> like a higher s- singing voice uh is the drummer and then the l- kind of usually lower singing voice is uh bob mold um, oh you know who has a bunch of singers it's freaking level up yeah, they do too. Yeah, yeah they had I, I think like two of them sounded pretty, pretty. Similar. They do sound pretty similar, and even I think yeah. the other times when it's the other person, sometimes it's like I don't think of it as like multiple singers. Like even like uh, I think teenage cool kids. I don't know if you remember them. They had multiple singers, and um, I don't know. I kind. I guess I'm kind of drawn to it because I'm in a band that has multiple singers. You know, I know so I think I about saying, it. I, yeah, I was like, I can't think of any, and I was like. <laughs> Well, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, but um, but I also wonder. I'm like, is it a like? I think like a more modern, like modern baseball, like has like two kind of main people. Um, is kind of more modern. Like, more modern. Yeah, yeah, saying modern a lot because of that. <laughs> um, but I wonder if it's like a detriment to kind of have multiple singers, or people don't really care <laughs> or think about it. I don't care that's good unless like one of the singers like is terrible (laughs) oh goo goo dolls has multiple singers no they don't yes they do what if they're not marketed that way on the singles are the singles different well the singles end up being robbie a lot of the times (laughs) and yeah but um the the wait what's the what is their that's their singer, name? Yeah? I thought his name was Johnny. Johnny. Sorry, Robbie is the bassist. See, that's okay. where I'm already going into it. Okay. Um, sorry. Johnny Resnick and Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Robbie. I forgot your name if you're listening to this episode. Um, but Do you think he's listening? Yeah, I think he listens every week. Um, but <laughs> uh, Robbie has a good amount, like almost like half a boy named Goo is uh, Robbie. And oh. the other half. But then... Kind of when you start getting under like dizzy up the girl, I think they were like, let's put Johnny up there a little bit more. So Johnny kind of has more songs, but Robbie still has a good amount of songs on there. Okay. Um, usually the faster songs end up being Robbie. Um, Do you think it's one of those things where I like those are the ones that like are 
like his songs. Uh, you know what I, mean? I feel like a lot of times when you have two singers, it's like that person like who's singing it is the one who like brought it to the band. Yes. I mean, that's personally, that's what, how we approach it in my band that I keep interjecting into this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's probably what ends up happening. I think I can't remember what band it was, but there was, it was like, if you, if you write it, you sing it, it was like, yeah, we have that rule. Um, even like in dinosaur junior, um, you know, Lou Barlow sings a couple of the songs per album. Um, so it's, but usually it's sort of like media will start pushing kind of like one main singer. Uh, even like Jimmy world had like started out with the other guy in the band singing at, at a point in Jimmy world. I think it was kind of like, they were like, Oh, this guy clearly like something unlocked in Jim. Like they were both singing or they, or they, it really started out with, uh, I'm really forgetting his name. Uh, Tom, I think his name is Tom sang on like the first record. And it's like a pop punk record. Like, and then boy was it? It, they, it's weird with them because I think for the most part, um, I think like, uh, what's their bass player's name? Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz. I think Pete Wentz like writes a lot of the lyrics and music. Yeah. But it's still like a Patrick Stump. I think like Pete Wentz seems to prefer to like kind of like do backups and stuff. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not a well, big. I don't know. I'm not a big Fallout Four person. Fuel record. You remember Fuel? Sh- yeah. Record Shimmer. And I remember seeing that like the guitarist. I think his name was Carl. Wrote all the lyrics, not the guy that sang them, whose name I can't remember right now. Even in um, Fugazi, they oh, have. Yeah two clear singers and even they sometimes let the bass player sing <laughs> every funny. like i was like i can't think of a single band and now there's yeah or i don't know sleater kenny right i mean they do that too correct right yes oh uh, or sonic youth is another one um yeah so well and i can the main thing is like it isn't i feel like it's not um Maybe just people don't care. It's the, the end result. Like, I don't know if people care the difference. And I don't think Dan and Spencer's voices sound crazy different. It's just well, one's more weirdly, warbly. Yeah, one's got that big, wide, <laughs> wide vibrato. I When I first heard this record, I, like, because I was so used to there being one singer in a band, it didn't like occur to me that there were two when I first was listening to it. And I was like, gee, I wonder why he sometimes sounds like this. And then yeah. one day my brother was like, it's two different people. And I was like, what? It's two different. And then I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. And like, yeah, I could hear that they're two different people. But because I was just expecting it to be one person, my brain kind of did this thing where it was like, tried to, it didn't like to differentiate them as much as like now when I hear them, I do. Cause I know that they're two different people, you know? Yeah. And I think probably when I would, when we were younger, it's like we couldn't necessarily like see who sang. So you almost just assumed yeah. it was one person because there wasn't any other way you would know anything other than that. Yeah. I didn't know anything about like who was in this band, how many people there were, what they look like. I didn't, cause you know, like I said, I hadn't seen them live until like mid 2010s or whatever um so yeah i just was like this probably just a regular old one singer and sometimes they sound different yeah and it's not it's not always like as jarring of a difference as like uh 
went Pixies where, you know, sure. uh, where she sings, you know, yeah. those songs, you know, <laughs> but, but still like, you know, it's like, if you ask anyone like who sang for the Pixies, it's, you know, that dude, you know, Francis, I don't know which name he's going by now. Yeah. I always like black Francis, Francis, you know, it's like, I don't know, but you know, it's sort of like, I don't, I don't know why I'm like obsessed with this part of it though, but, <laughs> but yeah. We're not even the track two yet. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're not even the track two. Um, but you know, so any thoughts on modern world? <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I remember I remember like being very like emo about it and being like, I'm not in love with the modern world. It stinks, but like not really getting any further into it, like you know. Is this a dance song? This is a dance song, I think. Okay. I think I'm starting to see the difference. Yeah. When I'm thinking about them now. Yeah. Uh how about grounds for divorce? Love it. And is this that's a is that a Spencer song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I think it, I think, I mean, I'm not, well, I guess we'll find out. I th- I think it alter, it literally alternates. I think it does for the most I part. Hadn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really look. I love this one a lot. This is one of the ones I go back to. Um, I just kind of like, I like the, the way it's saying we were talking about that. I like I like that. I like um I kinda like the just the the imagery of like big giant buses driving around screaming like whales and like hearing their brakes and stuff. I don't know. So I just I, I can get really lost in this one. Hmm. And then we build another world. Any comments on it? Um I like it. I like this whole thing. Okay. I don't have anything. Sp- I think that's you know. I can't. Nothing comes out to mind with me, but yeah, uh, on that one or even like uh, for fancy claps. This that almost like sets apart in the record where I feel like I actually start getting more into it because I feel yeah. like this is a part where it's almost like the keyboards become a little bit more uh, like soundtracky. You know, right, you were throughout the rest of the record, and that's the point that I was. I think it, I thought it was like same ghost every night, but for like almost the rest of the whole record, there's a lot of parts where it's like really kind of got. Even if it's a, you know, a Dan song or a Spencer song, it's just it's way more like kind of setting a tone, um, yeah. instead of like you know drums kind of setting a more garagey esque kind of piece. Sure. You know, so yeah, I think. Yeah, this one is, I mean, like, the first three, I guess, four, what, is this five, four? Uh, that Fancy Claps is track five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first, I think you're right, I think it definitely moves into this more, like, keys forward sort of thing, Um, and I kind of, I love it, and also, like, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about how, like, pianists in general like freak me out in a in a weird way where like I think it's so like watching people play the keyboard is so cool to me but also I'm like your fingers look like little spiders <laughs> you know what I mean where yeah. like and it's like it's always it's like I remember I remember when I was getting like really obsessed with all those like stride pianists and ra- ragtime pianists and being like and and jazz pianists obviously too just being like what is happening like 
you know, because like I, I play the piano a little, but I, I don't play piano like this. You know what I mean? And just like seeing their fingers like going all over and then they're and then like something about strong fingers. You know how people's fingers are so strong and they're going like there's a Thelonious Monk yeah. video where he's just like really fucking going for it and his fingers are so strong. <laughs> this is yeah. weird maybe, but like I remember so like when I first saw them play this live, I was like I had that same like oh my god, piano thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes in rock music I feel like I don't like uh keys as much. Yeah. Um but if it's like jazz, then it's like I'm all in. So I don't know. I mean, I, it's usually a different yeah. vibe, but you know. I like keys. I was talking to another friend who was who said they didn't like piano and rock, and I was like, "So you don't like David Bowie?" <laughs> like was being a real jerk about it. But uh, I feel like I'm probably more prone to like. Um, I'm probably more prone if someone's like uses it as, a, as keys as opposed to piano and rock. Mm-hmm. then yeah you know, I feel like there's a distinction because it's like you know I mean keys I feel like a lot of times is used like a texture you know yeah um and like piano as a term is like is like um what's the three-piece band like bin folds or something you know oh, is okay. what yeah. like comes to mind not that that sounds anything like wolf parade um <laughs> I feel like it, it a lot of times goes more into the vibe of like a, key, a side of keys but yeah. also piano <laughs> I think it's cool because it's like, like it's very much. I think it's it, especially when you when when you. I think this really was like driven home for me when I saw them live too because like you know on the on the record like you don't know necessarily how many different tracks there are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you could be laying in this one keyboard part and then putting it in another keyboard part or whatever. It's I think it's really just cool how much ground like the keys are texture but they're also doing bass and they're also doing lead stuff a lot of the time so i feel like it's it does it does all the things <laughs> that a keyboard's doing but that's that's funny because i don't feel like i realized until right before we talked that they didn't really have a bass player because it's because this morning i put on the kexps and then i'm like oh yeah. This makes so much more sense in the context of the record and also makes me realize something about like why things weren't completely clicking <laughs> for me a hundred percent. And I don't dislike this band, like I've spent a lot of time with it, but it's like when a band doesn't have a bass player, um s- sometimes I don't want to say it all the time because I don't want to be like I'm a you know you have to have a bass player I think it's yeah. stupid to say that a, any band has to do a certain thing yeah but you do spend a lot of time I feel like kind of f- trying to fill in it's like you, they do this a lot where it's like he's hitting bass keys mm-hmm. you know and so it's sort of like see we don't need a bass player but it's <laughs> sort of like but a bass player could do that and you could be ripping on piano stuff and you'd well, have kind of a better low end piano stuff he he does but you're i feel like it's never gonna it's never for me personally it's never gonna completely fill in to what just a bass player could do do you think that's because you're a bassist it probably is (laughs) (laughs) no but i hear you especially on this record i think this this record is less bass heavy also than some of the later ones which like do have do have um you know a bassist 
I think on the other records and, and then Dante was playing bass, but they played some of those when I saw them and it was still very much like, like I was wondering, you know, I was, I remember being like, they made that announcement and they're like, okay, we're, we're a three piece again now. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I wonder what this is going to be like live. Like, and I went and saw the show and I was like, there's a ton of bass here. Cause like, you know, they, they figured out a way to arrange the songs and, and still have it be super bass heavy. Yeah, I mean, there's things like... Band too, like, you know, when he wasn't playing, when Dante was playing guitar yeah. um, instead of bass, like, they're still... I don't know. I think it's... I don't feel... I don't feel like it's missing. I guess in a way, it's almost like a. Uh, it was like I'm like, what is not what is not completely clicking with this record, and then I felt like. I feel like it to me. It was bass, like because they didn't have bass, I was never gonna be 100% on board, okay. and it's almost just like if if a if a record has like a good bass, they don't even mean like the bass has to be good. You know, it's like if it has a good bass tone, like even like the Oceanator record, like it has a good bass foundation. So it's like I'm in. And that's sometimes what like bothers me even about some uh, like even power pop that have bassists. But it's like, you know, it's like if someone's not like trying to do like a, you know, if they don't that low end, I love the low end. And it's like you're never going to really fully be able to trick me into thinking that you filled it up because you don't have it, you know. Which is fine. It's like this is yeah. like such a personal preferency thing that please don't kick my ass, Spencer Krug. <laughs> Krug. Krug. <laughs> Do you think we need to go through the rest of the tracks? I have a couple tracks I want to talk about. Okay. We'll we'll get back on topic and do that then. Um so we were at Fancy Claps. Yes. Love it. And then same ghost every night. And Shine a Light, I also both love. But in the interest of time, because we've been talking for a while, yeah, um, I want to skip straight to the, the, it's a B-side of the record, I think, to Dear Sons and Daughters of Hungry Ghosts. I, well, I guess we could skip to, straight to I'll Believe in Anything if you want, because that's my, that's my favorite track. I'm it's gonna... my favorite as well. I actually put a star next to it. And yeah. it it kind of goes into just what I've been talking about. Like it definitely feels like this could just be a song and a soundtrack. Like if you like chopped it up, it could be the theme for a, a score for the whole movie. It's it's definitely like anthemic. Yeah. I don't want to. Well, let me just say also that Dear Sons and Daughters of Hungry Ghosts is, is a great song. So good. We're only skipping over it because I have so much to say. Um, but have you watched the video for I'll Believe in Anything? Uh, some of it with like the cannons and the and the wigs yeah it's so much it's cool um some yeah this song i feel like like every every like like the give me your eyes i need sunshine is like i love i love the imagery that that brings up um for me and like you know and i'll believe in anything it's just like it's such a like a rallying cry of a song and then also just musically it's huge you know and i think this is one i think there's a version of this that he did that spencer did solo that i i think predates this but i'm not 100 percent sure um 
So I think it I think it might have originally been a solo song and then it became a Wolf Parade song, but like this execution of it I think is perfect. Yeah, I feel like if you I feel like if you only had one song or if you were just to take a, just put this on a mix, like I would put I'll believe in anything on a mix like all the time. Yeah. I used to put it on mixes all the time. I was like, you can't put the same song on every mix. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something something about it is just like, don't do you just like feel like a little like your like heart's being tugged a little bit too when you're listening to it? Like, like just, I don't even know how to like really put it into words. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes with, uh, a lot of times like I feel like I'm not always first like, attaching myself to like the lyrics or um it's more like a melody or even just like simply like a vibe like a song so that's like it's heavy and vibe you know like it uh you know but it makes me even think of like and it's kind of a stretch but like tangerine dream or something like you know um they they did soundtracks in like the 80s and 90s they probably still technically do but they did like the risky business soundtrack is like the biggest one i can think of and then like the movie Legend with like Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. Um, okay. But I'd I'd highly recommend it. Um, but you know yeah. it's yeah. I but. guess what I'm saying, even with like it pulling at your heart, is not even necessarily it, the lyrics, but yes, but the vibe and the music and the melody. I think something about it just like, and that's what first drew me into it too, because I'm usually a, a music person first, and then lyrics, both in terms of like writing music and listening to music like what's going to grab me is like the melody and and the and the music um and i think that's i think just the vibe of the song itself kind of just like tugs at you and kind of gives me this like sometimes i get this little like tummy feeling that's like makes your it just kind of hurts but in like a good way do you know what i mean yeah you ever get that with songs and i feel like i get that with this even though i've heard it like hundreds of times at this point you know it's still i still like every time i hear it i'm like oh like i i know if i put this record on if i put this record on to like go somewhere you know like to drive somewhere or ride my bike or whatever and i get to this song i have and then i'm at the place i have to stop and finish the song and i don't feel that way about as much about the other song because it's like i still love them but i'm like oh i'll hear it again later but this one i'm like i can't just start it and not finish it you know yeah yeah i feel like if or like i guess if or when when i revisit this record i feel like i'm probably more prone to start at like track six and let it go the rest of the way because i i feel like i like that part of the record better than the first part you know but um but yeah i mean like we mentioned off the topic came out in sub pop. Um, they recently ish got back together, put out a record this year, right before, uh, you know, pandemic. So you don't want to talk about any other songs. We can, if you have talk about dinner bells real quick. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that song. It's slower, you know, and, I think it's just a cool vibe and there's I was just sent you the link right before this so watch it after I guess if you haven't seen it but there's that K- KXP version I think it was from 2016 that they did where there's this like extra little singing part that I think is really cool and kind of wish it was on the record now because I just like love it 
Yeah. And then one more, I guess we'll just mention This Heart's on Fire. Another big, big song. I feel like those two, like I'll Believe in Anything and This Heart's on Fire, I think are like the two like big ones, you know, when people are talking about the big ones. I know like when they play them live, like people lose their minds. <laughs> um, yeah. People, me included. But like, um, yeah, I think that's another, another one of their like um, iconic, I guess, songs. Yeah, and are you um, are you into like their other projects, or do you kind of just check them out? It's almost is it like Wolf Parade first, and then you kind of dabble in the other projects, or? I I really like Sunset Rubdown. They have three records, and I really love those a lot. And then I've listened to most of Moonface, which which is was Spencer's other solo project, and like uh, I've seen I saw Operators live i think a couple times now which has been great but they're um in terms of like listening to the records and stuff i I, i'm i haven't dug deep as deeply into those as i have like specifically wolf parade i have all the wolf parade records i don't think i got the newest one yet but i have all the other ones and and i have and i love the sunset rubdown records yeah and was it dante was in hot hot heat Oh, uh, I guess so. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I have Dante's solo record that he put out, but I don't have any Hot Hot Heat. Yeah, and one of the, the older K K E X P that I was listening to, uh, Dante was on it, and I was like, ah, oh, he's so good. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's not like they're bad without him, but you know, he's just like, it's just cool. I don't it's know, just killing it. You know, yeah. like it, it also made to watch him just like because they always set him up in the middle. Yeah. Live. And it was kind of cool to just watch him be like, now I'm going to play this. Oh, let me pick up this. And he was just like rocking out and playing all these. He had his keyboard. He had the bass. He had the guitar. He was just doing all the shit. And then Dan's over here doing his shit. Spencer's over here doing his shit. Arlen's back there. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. It was cool. Live. Yeah, it was fun watching him, like, you know, it'd be like ripping on guitar. And then the song I'm going to put a bass on, you know. <laughs> yeah. And just do all the high notes on. And, yeah, you know, and then cool. keys, you know, that, that's like really fun to watch, you know, yeah, totally. them. So I guess like, what do you have coming up or as we get into the end of the year, your record got re-released by Polyvinyl yeah. and that yeah. should be, those records should be shipping. Those start shipping, I think on the 6th or the 8th of January, it's like released the new vinyl is released on January 15th. That's like its official release day. But I think they're shipping them out like a week or something before. Um, so if you order it, you might get it early. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. I'm very, very, very excited to be working with them and also with Big Scary Monsters now, who are two like labels that I've loved from afar for a very long time. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, but so that's happening. And then... We're also doing a little um, tour, in quotes, because mm-hmm. it's on the internet. But it's uh, it's seven nights in seven cities, and each night's gonna have like, um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna have fun stuff where it's set up to do, uh, like, when we're in DC, we'll try to make it feel like we're in DC, you know, and and one of them's gonna be like an in-store performance at the Big Scary Monster Store in Oxford. You know, but like all from from one spot because um pandemic so 
uh, we're working on that, and, and tickets are um, on sale now, or they will be when you're listening. And uh, it's going to be through Bandcamp because they just launched their new live streaming thing um, that we did one of um, back in October, and it was super fun and, like, the easiest and most streamlined, I think, of the streaming things we've done. I uh, like how you can just have everything there. Um, and we're trying to do some fun stuff and highlight some, like, local artists in the areas and and yeah make it feel like a whole big fun thing so that's seven nights it's going to be oceanator and monica um devon's band so, oh and one special guest who i i don't know if we're going to have announced yet so i won't tell you who it is <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, uh, yeah i think i guess like in terms of i guess my experience with your record rolling out I knew kind of the, you know, and I know you've spoken to it. And at this point, like if anyone wants to Google the back history of this record, um, you know, I I think it's, it actually, to me, I think it worked out great the way that it did for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It was definitely very scary and stressful to not know what was going to just in general, like what was going to be happening, you know, just being a, like having it have a release date originally and then like all everything kind of going sideways as they say and just not and just not just being in a limbo was like the stress the most stressful part for me of like not knowing and then being like all right well we're going to self release I'm putting this record out and like I don't, I could not have imagined it going this way you know like the reception that it got and people loving it and and big scary monsters picking it up and polyvinyl picking it up like was not something that i would have possibly conceived of when i when we finally like made the decision to put it out or like even as like during the rollout like we heard from big scary monsters like during the rollout which was like wild you know and i think and i and the day that it got released is the first time like the official release was the first time i talk to polyvinyl about it which is just like it's wild you know yeah um, but yeah it, it worked out it worked out pretty cool um, yeah i feel like that doesn't um if, from my experience i feel like that doesn't tend to happen it's like when something's kind of out even if you know it, it would make sense to me like if that had led to a future relationship with polyvinyl but yeah. i feel like a lot of times when, when something gets released it's kind of like well, that's done. (laughs) So it is great um, that, you know, it was able to almost like find a new life, find new ears and everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think with this one also, it's like, it's partially because like (laughs) everything's so weird this year, you know, so it just like made sense schedule wise also and like everything wise to like to for them to really release it, which was which is really rad and uh it's actually pretty cool they um they put the the plastic miracles logo like back we turned in the new art for it with like the polyvinyl logo on it and then they emailed me being like did you want to take the plastic miracles logo off and i was like i didn't know this was an option so it's on there right next to the polyvinyl logo which oh, is wow. just like yeah it's really it's it's kind of neat to see you know it's like my little my little baby like next yeah. to yeah, so um, I don't know. It's just a really small thing, and be- especially because like the jackets had already been printed for the first run, and I didn't want to like 
spend the money and also throw away like <laughs> you know 400 jackets so they all have the tiny engines logo on them even though it's not out on tiny engines yeah so it's, it's cool to get to see the plastic miracles logo like actually on the vinyl that that is nice yeah. yeah yeah but i appreciate you taking the time to talk with me i know it's yeah. been you know a long chat and happy <laughs> to have you back Thanks. on yeah, uh and the official podcast version of spinning out so yeah that's good you know, i'm excited thank you for taking the time uh yeah. can't wait to see what else you release in the coming years i'm I'm sure you'll be one of the first to hear about it yeah maybe you can tour with wolf parade when this is yeah maybe you know we're gonna put that out in the universe maybe they'll hear this and be like oh she likes us do we like her <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be fun though they're one of those bands that like you just like you want to see every night you know yeah sometimes sometimes you can love a band and you still don't want to see them every night and this is one of those bands that i do i do i would want to see it well let's let's make it happen <laughs> but thanks again yeah thank you Are you stuck at home and need new records, but it doesn't feel safe to venture out, or you don't want to support big box stores? Go to lunchboxrecords.com for the best new releases and a whole lot more. If you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can do safe pickup, but if you live elsewhere in the United States, they'd be happy to ship to you. At checkout, just enter discount code SPINNINGOUT for 10% off. Come on, you love new music, so trust me, it's easy. Welcome, welcome back. Thanks again to Elise. Pick up the new album if you have it, and go follow Plastic Miracles to keep up with label news. I'll interject my own band info here for a second, if that's fine, since it, you know, corresponds to Elise's label. Alright, and Late Bloomer, yes, that's the name of both of my bands, we have new songs on the Plastic Miracles Volume 2 compilation. Really proud of both of these songs, and the compilation as a whole is really great. On top of that, proceeds of the compilation, I believe 50% of it, will be going to Black Trans Travel Fund. So that's really awesome. Okay, so on to next week, we're talking to Dylan Slocum of the band Spanish Love Songs. We're chatting about the Mountain Goats' 2005 masterpiece, The Sunset Tree. Listen to that and Spanish Love Songs' newest album, Brave Faces, everyone. Thanks as always to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and to Pretty Maddie for performing the theme song. Also, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. On that note, hit the theme!